Welcome to Hope's Hearth, a GMless actual play podcast where friends explore identity, community, and the ways people find strength and love in dire situations. Our lines, which are things we absolutely do not want to see, are trypophobia, insect horror, parent death, rape, body shaming, homophobia, transphobia, big diseases, involuntary transformation, ableism, racism, sexism, violence against children and animals, unwanted pregnancy, acephobia, and non-consensual situations. Our veils, which are things we're fine with addressing but will fade to black on, are spiders, graphic depictions of bodily harm, abuse of any kind, dementia or similar mental illnesses, insoluble problems, trauma, steamy situations, eating disorders, depression, and self-harm. Today we are playing in Dreaming Avalon, which is by, like, scroll by D. Vincent Baker and uh, Meg Baker. I actually don't know how to pronounce that person's first name, so I hope I did it correct. I don't think I did, but, you know, it's fine. It's whatever. Uh, my name is Izzy. I'm back once again as the person facilitating a game instead of other people taking it away from me. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I use Cseer pr- <laughs> I use Cseer pronouns. You can find me on Tumblr at lots of deer. You cannot find me on Twitter anymore. Twitter exploded. Uh, don't don't go look at it. It exploded, and you just you just have to believe me. Uh, with me today is Dirk. Hello, I am Dirk. I forgot to turn off my alarm, even though I already did the thing that the alarm was meant to notify me to do. Uh, <laughs> you can find me places. Uh, Will? Hi, I'm Will. I use the pronouns AM, uh, which work like they, them, but singular and without the TH. And you can find me on Tumblr at Soft Animal Goots. And as a wonderful guest this time around, we have Richard. Hi, I'm Richard. I use he, him pronouns, and you can find me on the internet in various locations as either Corvus Azure or Corvus underscore Azure. Richard is joining us for this very fun game, uh, not unlike the one time that he was on FTL and also played it with them. Because uh, original ideas, I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is a game, uh, about fairies and knights and dreams. It's, it's a Midsummer Night's Dream, but if it was a game, like, we're basic bitches here. We love this shit. We eat this shit up. It's good. With a spoon. With a spoon. Yes. I actually have a spoon. <laughs> I also have a spoon. Incredible. I was eating banana pudding earlier. <laughs> Um, so, to read the introduction of this game. What orchard is this, we fairies, we knights, in which we meet? It is the orchard of dreaming Avalon, the sacred isle of apples, the golden summer crown of fairyland. We knights, late of Arthur's round at Camelot, we knights are travelers here. We lost our way upon the mortal road, or else lay down beside it to sleep and so dreamed ourselves to this strange place. And we fairies, we are the court of the goddess Moon, and this her queen, Morgan Le Fay. We also slept once, and were mortal, in ancient and forgotten time. 
But now we are fairies, and our waking life is yet our dream. What will we hear, we fairies, we knights, to while away our dreaming hour? All right. So we have to have four to six players to play this game. There's four of us. Uh, we need a deck of cards and a copy of this book. Uh, the deck should have no face cards or aces. Uh, and the object of this game is to fall in love. Will that happen? Eh. <laughs> it might. Play it might not. Who knows? Play to find out what happens. So, let us go through and introduce our characters. We're going to start with the knights. So I'm going to make Will start. To introduce right. a character, you must say aloud this thing that we have in our in our slides. Uh, I am a knight of King Arthur's court come here to Dreaming Avalon. I'm a genderqueer person, and in appearance, I am broad-shouldered, um, humanoid, worth specifying, uh, with a big white smile and slightly curly black hair, missing a finger on the left hand. In character, I am generous and cheerful. I am a knight of King Arthur's court, come here to Dreaming Avalon. I am a woman, <laughs> uh, as best as I can be described as one, um, and in appearance I am a tall and muscular alligator woman with strong arms, sharp teeth, and kind eyes. In character, I am good-hearted and courageous. Uh, Will, what is the name and pronouns of your character? Oh, I am Agarine. And I use she, they, and a. Somewhat and, indiscriminately. And I am Basil, who uses she, her pronouns. And now for our fairies. Dirk, if you will start off. Happy to start off. I am a fairy of Dreaming Avalon. I appear as a dark-skinned non-binary person, except that I have... A two-wide smile full of very sharp opalescent teeth and matching claws. My hair appears to be made out of a sharp, glossy, and brittle stone. and curls, it is black. I am also covered in opalescent circuitry. Think like a circuit board, but made of opal. And uh, instead of having feet, my legs taper to very sharp points. Uh, otherwise, in appearance, uh, I am dark-skinned, leanly muscled, wearing a crop top and the tightest pants known to man. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Perfect. No notes. Uh, what is your character's name and pronouns? My character's name is Rebel Vanguard. Uh, Rebel's pronouns are Zezem, and their qualities are daring and capricious. And Richard. 
I am a fairy of dreaming, Avalon. I appear as a mortal being, except that I shift my appearance as whimsy and spite take me. But always at least one perfect feature bears the aspect of a cat, be it swishing tail, expressive ears, shining eyes, or tearing claws. Otherwise in appearance, for the moment, I am a slimmer, slender humanoid, long of limb, with dark curling hair and black tufted ears, wearing pearled velvets of deepest green. I am playful, and I am indolent. And I'm going to find the slide that has my name, because it's really long. <laughs> <laughs> it is very long. You may call me Their Excellency Garonwi, protector of Apeth Slyniog, and burnished Sorta of the Fey Court. I'm sorry, burnished Sorta? Baronish, yes. sorta. Like, sort of, kind of a baron, maybe. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Garonwi's pronouns? They, them, or Fayfair. Awesome. Now, a little bit of a of a of a scene change because we're not actually uh, knights of uh, like King Arthur and the fairy. Like we've talked about the fairy realm here before. It's vast and varied and very fucking weird. The Sealy and Unsealy courts, the summer and winter courts, whatever the fuck. The wibble. Wibbly. It's fine. Basil is a knight of the Divine Sage. Um, and where is uh, your character from again, Will? Uh, Hope's Promise. In fact, Hope's Heart. Uh, a green specifically related to who? Church. <laughs> um, a green is on this planet wherever wherever she lay down to sleep to find new dog lineages to include in the dog breeding project her family has been doing for generations. The Very night good. thing is a little bit surprising. <laughs> when did you become a knight? <laughs> you just did. Uh, so, going back over to the game book thing. So rounds of our character, like now that we have started our characters and we'll do like our little introduction bit where we all kind of show up uh, in a moment, but like this game is played in round. Words. Uh... Right. Uh, we're playing in rounds. Each of us does different turns and it's kind of firebrandsy in that we play games each turn. Um, and like when we choose one of the games, uh, depending on the rules, either some of us or all of us play, um, uh, some of the games call for us to draw cards from a deck. Uh, the only game that we cannot pick is the game for waking because that is the end of what we're doing. The games that we have options to play is the court, a dance, a feast, a hunt, a joust, meeting sword to sword, mischief, the ogre, or a perilous quest, 
solitaire, stealing time together, and then waking. When we want to end play, we choose waking as the game. And everybody plays that one. Let's see. Apparently, I didn't realize this. It's possible to get your character killed during play. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it doesn't count. Uh, not really. <laughs> you can probably get better. <laughs> yeah, see? You'll probably get better. <laughs> Tis but a scratch. Uh, it's it's butterfly wound. Your arm's off. No, it isn't. <laughs> All right. So let us start with our two knights falling asleep and then waking up in this fey space. Waking up, air quotes. I'm not entirely sure where Basil is in the universe. Basil is not on uh, Hope's Promise. Uh, she has not gotten there yet, everybody. Uh, she's still working on it, but she is an adult at this point in our in our fucked up timeline. Uh, timeline? What timeline? <laughs> there's a timeline. It's there. <laughs> Eventually, it, I'll figure out what it is. It's only recently gotten kind of wibbly. <laughs> um it's fine everything's fine um but i think basil is uh falling asleep in a in a tree to keep herself safe um her sword uh crossed over her front uh at easy reach so that if something does happen to like catch her by surprise um, yes, this is an alligator who can climb a tree. Don't question it. She's <laughs> fine. And she falls asleep and wakes up in, we'll let the fairies describe what this realm looks like when after, uh, Will's character falls asleep. I will remember uh, how to pronounce her name eventually. Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> Uh, Adrian falls asleep in a kennel. Um, possibly illicitly. Possibly illicitly. I think she is not supposed to be there. But, you know, they do what they want. And these dogs are not being treated well. <laughs> so, uh, pretty soon somebody's gonna have fewer dogs. Like yeah, that, zero. That tracks. That that sounds about <laughs> right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Adrian falls asleep in a pile of kind of scared greyhounds, and oh. wakes up in Dreaming Avalon. Poor greyhound. Greyhounds on purpose. <laughs> Did. <laughs> so our. Lovely fairies, I will let you two fight amongst yourselves on who will go first, but how how are you in this space? What is this space that we find ourselves in? Oh. Well, obviously there's lots of plants, uh, because uh, Dreaming Avalon and fairies. Uh, 
Um, I think, uh, so have you ever looked at a circuit board and been like, it kind of looks like a city? Yes. All the time, uh, constant. Every time I look at a circuit board. <laughs> uh, I think Why are you all looking at circuit boards? I built my own cool. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Uh, so Sometimes I think... you just, you look at the circuit board and you're like, damn, that's cool as shit. Exactly. Uh, I think that in the way that some circuit boards uh, sort of look like a city, I think this is a forest that sort of looks like a circuit board. You have to look at it from, like, the right angle. Uh, but, like, I think it would kind of look like that if you could get high up enough. I don't think you can get high up enough. There's trees everywhere. And, uh, that's all I got. Richard? The different circuits and chips and wires make surprisingly comfortable furniture. They don't look <laughs> it. But once you sit down, they're perfectly comfortable. Delightfully so, even. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, I think... Uh, I think where you two wake up is... Uh, I thought I was going to have an end to that sentence when I started it. <laughs> It'd be like that. Do we wake up in the same place? Mm. I think that would be most fun if all four of us were in the same place. Because I definitely want to do the, uh, the the meal thing. But, um... Yeah, same place. Okay. Do we wake up on the ground or in circuit beds? Wait, no. Does, no? uh, does Azureen wake up in a pile of fey dogs? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. What do fey dogs look like? Greyhounds. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I think uh, this, uh, at least one of them is whining and nosing Adjarine the way dogs do. And so it's like wet dog nose on your face. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> dog sound. Exactly. Edrine wakes up and starts pushing greyhounds off of them so that they can sit up. Uh, does they see any fairies? Yeah, I think there's a lot of fairies. I think uh, there are some uh, setting the table. 
Uh, there are some just like loitering around chatting. Uh, there's probably a couple of uh, fairies that like are very obviously too young to be here and trying to pretend they're cool. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and like nobody's paying them too much attention uh, because like they're doing it quietly. So, you know, as long as you don't draw attention to yourself, like you're not going to be told to go home. Exactly. You have to be responsible and sneaky. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, um. And if you're caught, that's your fault. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, uh. I think, um. I think. Adrian... Are there trees? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay, cool. Biter is in one of these trees and rolls out of it. <laughs> hits the ground and it's like <laughs> pops up like I'm awake that's one way to be woken up quickly yep hello uh, hi hi I'm Adrienne um offers a hand oh uh Spider shakes uh, Adrian's hand. This is looks around. This is not where I fell asleep. Are we? Are, are we captured? What happened? Hypothesis one: We're dreaming, or at any rate, I'm dreaming, and you're part of the dream, or possibly you're dreaming, and I'm part of your dream. All of those options are weird. Well, these dogs, um, they have, they are subtly wrong. Looks at the dogs. The dogs are just... Greyhounds already look uncanny. Somehow make a greyhound look more uncanny. I mean, I've seen weirder dogs. One of the dogs glitches. That's fair. They're not the dogs I fell asleep with. One of the dogs what? <laughs> glitches. Oh! Oh dear! Just for a second. Okay, that's not normal. That's definitely not normal. I mean... No. I've never seen a dog do that before. Maybe we should ask someone else if they know what's going on. Since both of us don't. looks around the the younger fairies that are definitely not supposed to be there are just kind of like pretending they don't exist <laughs> <laughs> so who uh, do we who do we see first i think you see a uh, rebel first because there's multiple groups of young fairies, and there's one group that is very definitely pretending they don't exist, and uh, there is one group who has, you know that one person 
who always has to push things just a little too far. One of them is definitely trying to hit on Rebel, and Rebel is gently but very firmly shutting this down. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nope, you are a baby, and you need to go away. Yep, uh, Zay doesn't put it quite like that, but yeah, that's that's essentially what it is. That's, and, it's um, the vibe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, extricates himself, uh, to walk over, uh, like, extricates himself, and then, like, notices you too and it's like a whole oh, oh, fresh meat <laughs> exactly uh richard i have a question yes do you think uh rebel and garanwi know each other of each other but don't actually know each other mm Fair and valid. Uh, in that case, uh, before I do this, I would like to ask, where is Garanwi right now? Fashionably late. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you expected a different response. <laughs> you know what? I don't know why I expect a different response either. Uh... So, yeah, in that case, I think, uh, Rebel, like, uh, sees, uh, Adrienne and, uh, Basil, and uh, it's just like, ooh, you Mortals. two are new. <laughs> like, goes up and says that to them, or? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Uh, we may be lost? Uh, oh, you're definitely lost. I mean, all, all I did was fall asleep. Sometimes that's all it takes. That's not concerning at all. No, it isn't, is it? Big, bright, toothy smile. Rebel smile is almost as big as Bayer's. <laughs> So, do, do you know where we are, then? Yes, you are right here. Points a finger at the ground. And where is, what is here called? This would be Dreaming Avalon, says ah! a voice. Uh, the, hello. And one of the cushions on the uh, piece of furniture that... Uh, Agarin was lying on, unfolds itself into a person. Stretches. Was it a furry cushion? <laughs> no, it was green velvet. <laughs> Why would it be a furry cushion? Come on. There's always at least one cat feature, so... Uh... That, that's fair. Do the dogs respond in some way? It would be extremely funny if they were just like, ah, this is our best friend. <laughs> 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 uh, 
this this particular cat fay best friend. All other cat fay suspicious. Chrono <laughs> 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 scratches the nearest one by in the ears. Yeah, gr- uh, Biter's got a hand on uh her sword, like not to draw it, but just kind of reflexively. Okay, Dreaming Avalon. I have, I no, have never, never heard, heard of that. that. Thank you. This is very interesting. Uh, you may call me Adrian. Spider. You may call me a menace. <laughs> You I know, think I, I probably think I will. I, I think I just figured that out by looking at you. <laughs> also grins with a ton of tea. <laughs> and and you? Oh, well-dressed one? Gronwy sketches an elaborate bow. I am their excellency Garonwi, protector of Aeth Peslidiog, and baronish Sorda of this court. It's a pleasure to meet you all. Is there a shorter version of that we can call you? Because I'm not going to remember the whole thing. Garonwi will do. Okay, cool. Thank you. It's lovely to meet both of you. And I think Rebel Claps. I don't know what to do from here. <laughs> uh, Rebel claps and is like, "Good. Now that everybody's here, we can have dinner." Leans over to uh, Adrian. Should we be concerned that they were waiting for us? I was just gonna ask you if you thought we were dinner. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we might be. <laughs> uh, and I think uh, Rebel, like, definitely moves around behind uh, Adrian and Basil and is, like, uh, urging them towards the table. Like, come on, come on. This way, this way. Adrian puts a hand on her pocket knife and and... Whistles at a dog. It's the generic, the generic whistle for come. And I think one of the dogs actually does come and, and then begins licking her hand very thoroughly. <laughs> Biter will also, also like follows and is just getting over the like trepidation and is now like being much more curious and just kind of openly looking around and staring at things and people. (laughs) And, uh, Rebel looks back at Garonwi and says, Your Excellency, will you be joining us today? Of course. And, uh, like, Rebel just makes a delighted noise. I, I don't I don't know what noise. You've heard me make uh, happy noises. Some some sort of delighted noise. 
It it sounds like a bell chiming. <laughs> I love that. Right. I figured you would, which is why I suggested it. Alright, so I have decided that we are having a feast. So um I will start us off and we can decide who goes next after I start this off. So let's see. Uh the first dish so the way you I gotta think read mm? how a feast works oh right 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 you are correct so a feast everyone plays what do you notice about each other uh during the feast anyone can ask anyone for details about the setting occasion and circumstances the object of the feast is to play to find out about each other's hearts and histories. Everyone gets a turn. You go once around the table. Uh, on your turn, the chef sends forth a dish for all to eat. You create the dish from choosing by the lists, either a night's dish or a fairy dish, your choice. Each dish ends with a question to the assembled feasters. Everyone answers every question by a show of hands or other act of acknowledgement. Make note of uh, others' answers as you like. Once everyone's had their turn, all together toast the chef and the feast ends. And uh, there's all kinds of weird and delightful things for the various dishes. And um, they are... Uh, divided as fairy dishes and knights dishes, but like fairies can choose knight dishes and knights can choose fairy dishes, you know, whatever we like. And, uh, I think for this particular meal, uh, the way the table is set up is uh, there's a it's not a river, but there's like a central channel and it sort of like has a path that goes to each place setting. And uh, what happens is uh, as each dish comes out, it flows along this channel uh, and then like each dish will split off to the place setting of whoever's sitting there. And, uh, like, it seems like it would be very restrictive, but uh, if the knights are attentive, they notice that, you know, if somebody squishes in between two other people, then another setting just appears because magic and the Fey Realm. So... Uh... Before I start uh, naming dishes, does anybody have questions about what things look like? Are there sparklies in the air? <laughs> uh, of course there are sparklies in the air. Is the table separated by, like, fairy hierarchy? Or is it just everybody sits? <laughs> 
I think if there's a hierarchy, you can't make out what it is. Not yet. Fair. Do Adrian and uh, Biter sit next to each other or separately or? Adrian will hold a, a, a chair for Biter. Biter will try to sit with Adrian unless if uh, Biter is pulled away by, like, one of you two or something to go sit specifically somewhere else. Nah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like, Biter will sit and say thank you. Looping the sword over the back of the fucking chair. <laughs> uh, Biter is definitely not the only one uh, with a weapon, and is also not uh, like Biter and Adrian are not the only mortals who look awkward. <laughs> so, because <laughs> uh, you never know, we might want to play this game again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I think where do uh y'all sit Garon we uh takes a seat across the table from them sliding into the seat cocking one leg over the arm <laughs> oh yes, the gay set. <laughs> and sipping from a uh, sipping from a, a goblet of tarnished silver. Perfect. Ooh. Uh, I think um, Rebel sits near the controls of the table, uh, <laughs> as basic. far away from them as possible. Not necessarily. That's fair. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think, um, Rebel sits near the controls of the table, and I think there's multiple, uh, like, sets of controls, like, uh, one of those, um, restaurants where you have, like, a tablet that you order on. So, I think there's multiple of those around, but, um... Not enough for everybody, but, you know, enough for anybody who wants to, like, reach over and pick something to pick something. So. And, uh, I think, uh, I think the first dish is, uh, oh, all of these are very good. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say it is light motes from dancing water smoked in the aroma of hyacinth. And the way this is presented is everybody gets, uh, like a little, like, glass dessert dish, uh, with what looks like, um, a ball of clear sugar. Um, and inside it is, um, 
like it, it it looks like the light of water dancing like uh when you're under a pool and you can see the sunlight through the water uh there is no actual water inside this uh clear globe but inside is a light that looks like that and a little curl of uh purple smoke throughout Ooh. And, um, let's see. Mm. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to decide. Thoughts. Oh, these are good. They're all extremely good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good game. Uh, okay. I'm gonna go with, uh, if you long to grow old with one soul beloved by your side, this dish burns your lips and tongue. Whose mouth is burned? Spider, like, delicately picks up this little, like, sugar ball between two claws and just pops it in her mouth and crunches down on it. And... She's fine. She's she's immediately just like, oh, unexpected. <laughs> Adrian um, imitates her and is surprised by the spice, but not physically burned. Looks at the two fairies. <laughs> Gronwy nibbles at one of them delicately and then eats two more. uh i think uh rebel like cracks the shell and like uh tips it up to consume the contents and then eats the rest of the shell and also definitely gets another one Nobody's monogamous. <laughs> Sometimes it'd be like that, though. Either nobody's monogamous or nobody's in nobody's monogamous, nobody's interests like nobody's interested in love or has uh other things. You know, it just depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Um So I think um I'll I'll pick the next one just so that we don't sit here like who's gonna go next. Uh and I think the next thing to come down for everyone is uh a a night's dish, uh a river fish toasted on a plank. Uh and it, it, it is essentially it is salmon on like a cedar plank. Um skin on, it has got like a delightful crisp on it. Um with like some uh like uh greens that pair well with it like around it more decoratively but they're edible so like me uh and the the question that goes with this one is if your hearts never raced with fear this dish tastes insipid and lifeless and offers no flavor who's never has
Adrian feeds half of this one to the dog. <laughs> I think uh Rebel uh very much enjoys this particular dish. Uh eats it bones, head and all. Garanwi nibbles delicately at the flesh and then dives in with wild abandon. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, Biter pokes at it for a second. Briefly concerned that maybe it's a trick because uh, it looks too normal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then just kind of, I think, picks up the uh uh no actually i think uh more delicately than one might expect from uh someone who looks like her uh takes a bite of it and then seems to like brighten and just you know uh, <laughs> same as rebel kind of just consumes the whole thing <laughs> cuz alligator <laughs> Um. Richard, do you want to go next? Sure. The uh, next dish to come to the table is cutlets of toadstool, roasted in nightingale songs. What does that look like? It is grilled slices of red and white spotted mushrooms with delicate grill marks upon them. And as you cut into each slice, you can hear the song of the nightingale break free. Okay, I know that this is not what you described, but it did make me think that you, like, it, it made it like cut like cutlets of toadstool was like puffball mushroom cutlets, because <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing. Those things are huge and edible, and well, edible at certain stages of life. Mm-hmm. If they start going uh, any color other than white on the inside, no go. Mm. Uh, But if you get one that's big enough, you can make a pizza crust out of it. (laughs) Yep. Anyway. And if you intend malice to one here present, you cannot eat enough of this dish to satisfy you. Who cannot? I think for Biter, um, I think that the texture of this actually throws Biter off. Um, like she eats half of one and then just kind of makes like, like mid bite, you know, sometimes when like you're eating something and you're unsure about the texture and then it hits you that, oh, you don't like the texture of this at all, like a mid bite. 
Uh, and she has to like kind of uh, politely turn to the side to like spit the bite into a napkin. <laughs> it's uh, real gross. <laughs> Maybe this particular bite wasn't cooked properly. Who knows? Also, uh, sometimes mushroom texture bad. Sometimes mushroom texture bad. I think Rebel uh, has a couple bites uh, of it and enjoys it, but like, does that thing where you're like, I would like to keep eating this. If I keep eating this, I'm not going to feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just uh, like cuts another piece, but just doesn't eat it. The the polite, this is just going to sit on my plate until, like, it gets taken away. <laughs> exactly. I think Adrian um, has a bite and then begins making a little tower with the rest of them. Garanui cuts off a single slice, nibbles at it delicately, then lets out an echoing belch that just rattles off the walls and then sets aside their silverware. Oh, I could not take another bite. <laughs> Rebel applauds and gives it a 9 out of 10. Spider <laughs> looks shocked. <laughs> Adrian also looks shocked. <laughs> <laughs> and our uh, our final dish. Uh, wild turnips done in the coals, which comes out without the coals, in a in a little porcelain dish. Roasted turnips covered with olive oil. Ooh. But the turnips are a little ashy looking from the coals. It's good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question that goes with these is, if you never had a caring uncle who fed you on such stuff, this dish offers a whole sequence of subtle and unfamiliar flavors. Who didn't? I think Rebel is uh, immediately enamored of the taste and uh, is, like, nibbling on it. But in that way of, I'm already very full, I'm trying to be very careful of eating too much, but also, I want to eat this. (laughs) Vegetables. Vegetables. I think Biter took one to start with because she has never been a fan of uh, uh, vegetables like this, but the moment that she puts a bite of this in her mouth, she is immediately devouring it and going for another one. (laughs) Agarin eats Two, and then stops. 
does Adrian have like a reaction to them or just is eating them? Uh, eats them with sort of a "this is good for me" expression. Okay. <laughs> Garonwi pokes at it, shifts it around the plate, finally takes a bite, and their face lights up. And you know how they've got one leg cocked over one arm of the chair? Mm-hmm. They twist in their chair and drape themselves over the, over the other arm. Their their hand to their forehead. Positively <laughs> overcome with delight. <laughs> oh! Spider from the other side of the table. It's good, right? <laughs> Magnificent. Who would have thought this could come from such a simple root? I had never liked these before. This is amazing. They're very good. They're very good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like how, like, Adrian's the only one with a good family life. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 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 so Biter's an orphan. She's doing her best. Listen, we love and respect her for this. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, uh, the feast is ending. Uh, I didn't mention at the beginning, but like after each course, um, the, uh, dishes all move off. Like they continue down the same direction, but they like move away from the place settings, back to the middle, and sort of trundle themselves onto the end. It's very fancy. So. Uh, so that's what happens, and like, the last thing that comes uh, are like uh, our champagne glasses full of something pink and sparkly. And, um... Uh, how is it secured so that these glasses don't fall over? Don't worry about it. Uh, but uh, that is uh, the thing to end the meal. And uh, I think Rebel, like, stands up, uh, lifts their glass, and says, Tonight we have had a wonderful meal courtesy of our fabulous chef. Let us all give a toast for this day. To the day. Clink. Her her best toast. She's not good at it. Adrian clinks glasses with her.
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Tumblr at Hope's Hearth Pod. And if you would like to support us, you can find us on coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash HS Enclave. This podcast is part of Hearthside Enclave. And some other shows you might like are Abbey Archives, a Redwall book club analysis podcast, and Post-Apocalyptic News Radio, a Fallout-inspired audio drama.